Welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compassion, a podcast by Dignity Maine, a program of Agape Inc., and made possible by Coffee by Design Rebel Blend Fund. This is a different kind of podcast. Instead of interviews, we have conversations. This is my effort to demonstrate the examples of what I call compassionate conversation. Through these conversations, I hope to address the discord in our families, in our communities, and in ourselves, to focus on the greatest need of our time, the need for compassion. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for doing this with me. I, Cindy, what I'd love to chat about is uh, you, for the last uh, 20 years, have sort of been in and out of the mental health system and struggled with your own mental health. And uh, I would just love to hear what that's been like for you. Hmm. I've received a lot of help since I came to Portland. When I first came to Portland, I went to a duly diagnosed home treatment facility. And I stayed there for nine months, and I actually got to learn about mental illness. And then there were, you know, but it, it, and it was it was more of a relief because now I knew I knew that there was something, I knew what it was, and I, there was something that can be done about it. Because I always thought that I would always feel the way I felt, and I couldn't live like that for the rest of my life. But and that was that was it. You you couldn't live like that. Exactly. That was the suicidal thought, actually, that mm-hmm. says, I can't live like this. I can't, I can't take the way my mind is thinking and yeah. the way I feel. And- exactly. And I couldn't, on my own, see any way out. And it's just hard. Not, it's not hard. It's just trying to think back to that because my life has been so different within the last 15, I'd say... 10 to 12 years because I've gotten so much help and I know myself better and I know the help is available and that I don't have to act on a suicide attempt or I don't have to cut my wrists anymore before getting help. It, there, it was a struggle before because if I walked into the hospital with my wrist cut, I would get taken care of sooner than if I just walked in there and said I'm suicidal or I feel like harming myself. You had to... You had to really go through the act for people to pay attention. Exactly. And if you're just telling people that you had this, then mm-hmm. they really wouldn't pay attention to the level you needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I, you said something earlier about you, you learned, you, it was like you recognized somebody was able to give you information mm-hmm. that says, this is what's going on with you. And there was such a relief to that. Yes. You know, it to was. to recognize that I have this mental illness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was because from that moment on, I started to learn that that's not really who I am. Mm. That's just a part of me. I mean, it can be treated like diabetes or, you know, any other medical illness. And that, and again, it's it's not who I am. Right. And, you know, that was the separation you learned because mm-hmm. before going in there and cutting yourself or mm-hmm. thinking you wanted to die, mm-hmm. you believed all of this is me. Yes. And that separation between, you know, this isn't me, this is just a part of me. Yes. And that came from the nine months of treatment. It did. It did. 
being around, you know, it was staffed, you know, 24 hours, and there were other, it was for men and women, so there were other people there, humans there that, you know, had similar diagnoses, and so it was all like a real, and they had just opened in 93, no, was it, I went, I think October of 92 they opened, and I went in in June of 93, July 6th, 93. So it was a brand new hmm. dual diagnosis place because there was always something for alcohol and always something for your mental health. You know, you can go to a psych ward or to a rehab. But this was like the first place that you could actually live and stay and get tools. And I got a case manager there and, and that was extremely helpful. I just got, I was hooked up into the community of, of Portland and beyond, but mostly Portland. It was helpful to have somebody sort of walk alongside you and to be able to bring the resources that you needed when you needed them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was, and, and you were sort of speaking that it was helpful to be in this house with these humans. Mm -hmm. I love how you said that. Yeah. These humans who were struggling the same as you. Mm -hmm. Sort of a, a feeling like I'm not alone. Yes. Yes. And then you walked out of there with somebody to walk alongside you which was yes. referred to as a case manager, but but, mm -hmm. but basically somebody yes. that helped you sort of tie yourself to this resource and to that resource. Mm -hmm. And then you realized the city was filled with resources that I could utilize, and it really made a difference in your life. Yes, it did. It did. I started, you know, I started um, going to therapy every week, and I've done various groups, you know, throughout the years, especially in the beginning. And for a while i did a few outpatient programs and you're you're very thankful to the system of care yeah in the in in the whole process you can i can feel it when you sort of talk about it like it was there for you mm -hmm. now there was two types of systems of care mm -hmm. there was the really good walking alongside you feeling like they're there for you mm -hmm. and then there was others that were more judgmental and harsh and I, I, and just imagine after 15 years, you you could feel that duality, that, that mm -hmm. the two sides. Can can you speak to that? Like, the, you saw so many providers. Mm -hmm. And there were really good ones. Mm -hmm. And there were really not so good ones. Mm -hmm. Can you tell the distinction between them? Can I personally tell or can I, my own Can you describe it? Yeah. I... I found out it's it's a lot easier for me to find out what doesn't work mm. than what do, in order to find out what does work. And for me personally, you know, I somebody who is like very I don't know, it shows if they don't really care like if it's just a job to them and they're they don't really want to be doing this but they kind of have to as opposed to somebody who really cares and wants to help humans outside and and wants to make help make people's lives but help make people feel better about themselves so their lives will be better it's almost like a but you, you can feel a passion from somebody yes passion you can feel a tired or a person who's kind of like just doing it Mm -hmm. Like they're sort of bagging groceries, mm -hmm. and then there's somebody else that is passionate. Like they're, 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 
they're looking forward to helping or yeah. being helpful or however that is. Yes. Yes. And you could feel that right away. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you've and you've had both experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, when you meet that person that's tired, you just can feel like you're just they're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. What's that like inside you? I think the first thing, which is my go-to, is it makes me feel like I'm a burden and that I don't really, I don't really matter. You know, it's just, you know, just what they have to do. And, but it doesn't make me feel good about myself. It doesn't make me it makes me feel, I think, maybe more shame because I just kind of, in my head, I kind of was like, well, you know, is there something else I should be doing, you know, myself? You know, I mean, what? I don't know. Right away, I get that feeling like... You don't matter. Yeah. You don't matter. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and there's something about this, the illness mm-hmm. that you're talking about, like the, that part of you that's ill. Mm-hmm. Th- that's a loud voice that you don't matter. Yes. So it's almost as if this person is sort of activating that voice. It's yes. It's like they're they're turning up the volume to the to to the I don't matter voice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the whisper, if you will. Absolutely. Because they're right. They're they're sort of demonstrating it in the moment. Yep. And then there's these people that you came and you could see the passion in their eyes mm-hmm. that they just they just liked being with you yes do you have a sense of what that felt like i mean we're just talking about the initial contact here Mm -hmm. automatic relief some disbelief like is this really real but Mm -hmm. i mean but it felt like oh my god you know this is what i need Mm. even though i couldn't identify what i needed Mm. but that's how i felt and that it just you know okay there's hope Mm -hmm. you know i don't know exactly what i need to do at this moment but I have this person or these people, and I'm going to be shown until mm. I can do it on my own. Mm. So it's, it's it's almost a belief in you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you believed in yourself just by being with them. I mean, we're, yes. again, we're just talking about this energy. Mm-hmm. Like you can sit with somebody and you can almost feel their tired energy or their withdrawn mm-hmm. energy or their burnt out energy or whatever, whatever yeah. we want to call it. Yeah. And then these other folks that have this passion and you can, mm-hmm. and, and I love you. The first one is disbelief. Like, well, wait, well, wait a minute. Aren't you supposed to reinforce my whisper of <laughs> I don't matter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't. Mm-mm. And so it causes this kind of disbelief. I love that, you know, this yeah. energetic, like, what, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's something bigger than that, which is hope. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even know what 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 you need at that point. You, no. Because your brain is like you don't you don't understand. I don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have a sense of how they translate that hope? What What do you mean? Like 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 is it just the passion, and is it is it something they do? Or, I mean, we have an opportunity just right now, you and mm-hmm. I, to talk about like how do we, how do we retool a system that sometimes is tired. To me, one of the biggest things I had a um, job coach when I started going back to work, and 
she said the two most important things to her that helped her the most in her life were someone who they're present and they're genuine. And that has stuck with me since then, you know, and, and, you know, and I do understand that we all can't be present and genuine at 24 seven, but like now I know the better I take care of myself, the more present and genuine I can be for somebody, you know? And I think that that's what I saw a lot in the one, in the humans who did help me. And, you know, it's like they were, they were present and they were, you know, and they were honest, you know, I mean, they were, they just their actions showed they genuinely wanted to help or like, especially in the beginning when I first, you know, started getting help, you know, just if they came in the next day and said, how did this go yesterday? I was like, wow, they remembered that, right. you know? Right. So just little things like that, that built up and it just, they just showed in their actions and their, their words, but the, but they put action behind the words. Well, it's carrying you. You can feel like they, they cared enough mm -hmm. to know. When I left you yesterday, you were thinking about, right. how'd that go? Yeah. You know, instead of a tired person would be just, how are you? Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're sort of, you're not remembered. You're mm -hmm. not thought about. You're, mm -hmm. And you've done this for, oh, 15, I mean, you just, basic math, 15, mm -hmm. 20 years, 25 yeah. years now mm -hmm. of walking from the time of cutting your arms mm -hmm. to, you know, really not wanting to live. Yeah. And, and but believing that wholeheartedly that, and then you walk into this program and things happen to you along the way. And, mm -hmm. I mean, what's that like today? That that, that, that part of you still exists. Mm -hmm. It does. And I've real, I finally realized like recently I finally was able to sit and say yes I am definitely in a depression and I need help and a lot of it I think started with last year which I think COVID has affected every single person in some way or another and for me I still internalize I did have great friends who and co-workers that we talked all the time about it and we checked in with each other but I work seasonally so when it stopped in November I was just left with myself and and I don't know I can get into a story but I don't anyway stuff happened in December and January and I could feel my depression getting worse but I didn't really want to I don't know I and then when I realized that I needed help, because I started to think about dying again. Not really dying. It was kind of that same feeling of, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Mm. And it's not even worth it. You know, I do have wonderful people in my life, but... And it will affect them, but I can't anymore. So I reached out for help. Because I know that's not what I really want. You could feel that you were starting to it was starting to grow on you, mm -hmm. you know, and it was old and it was familiar, mm -hmm. and it just got fatter and fatter, like a like the virus itself. It mm -hmm. just got bigger, mm -hmm. and a part of it you're sort of saying was the the virus itself mm -hmm. 
was kind of isolating you and that isolation along with some events it just kind of made it worse and worse and worse even though there were people in your life yeah we were all isolated yes and for you that was even more difficult it was because i need like i i recharge my energy is recharged with time alone mm. and quiet and just away from people but you know with the covid that was kind of forced on mm. everybody mm. and you know i did kind of get to a point where i'm like i, I there was some freedom taken away it's like because i do need to spend time alone but now i can't go out mm. you know even if i want to or need to or it was you know it's like unless if you really need something you know mm. so i was a lot more isolated and i did I do tend to keep things to myself more for a longer period of time if I'm if I don't see people. But it, it's a really interesting conversation when you start to say I recharge myself by being a hermit, mm -hmm. and I need people mm -hmm. to process things with. Yes, to to engage. Mm -hmm. And the virus pushed me more to the hermit side of me. And I could feel it growing on me. Mm -hmm. And I just find it difficult to ask for help. It's almost like I have to be laying on the floor mm -hmm. and feel that thought come back, that part of me that's just vicious about mm -hmm. life itself. Yes. That moment, you're kind of like you, something moved you to get some help. Yep. Just to kind of get out of that. Mm -hmm. spot yeah scared me because I knew someday I could get to that point again but I didn't really think it was going to happen you know <clears throat> but it's always possible with depression and when you get triggered because I was triggered in December and I kind of never I didn't really get out of that until probably last week mm -hmm. You can feel it too. You can be driving along, and that part of you is fine. It's relaxed. It's it's sitting there, and then mm -hmm. some event happens to you, and mm -hmm. once that happens, you can feel it, and you can feel it hard. Yes, and it just takes off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your tendency in that moment is to, I'm going to control this. Mm -hmm. Yep, by myself. I'm not going to tell anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it to myself. And it doesn't work. And I think what I didn't acknowledge is that I got triggered when George Floyd was murdered. Mm. And then the Black Lives Matter. And because, I mean, my, I, had, I have wonderful humans in my life, friends. And mm. they would ask me every now and then, how are you holding up? You know, with, you know, not just, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. And they would say, how's your heart, you know, with the whole violence and the Black Lives Matter. And it just made me, it kind of triggered me because it was, that is a whole other story. Because, you know, when they asked me, like, I mean, I grew up most of my life n not acknowledging that I was black. I said I was white and I have both in me, but because I saw how white how black people were treated mm. and i was like i am not i'll do anything i can not to be black and so 
And now, you know, being, you know, healthier than I've ever been, these two friends in particular are like, you know, because I would like, and I, I would love and kind of chuckle when people would say, you're the whitest person in the room, you know? And, and my friends are like, I'm sorry that happened. Mm. She's, they said, that's awful, mm. you know? And then, you know, they said, you know, they can understand maybe like a nervous laugh or something, but no, she's like, that's not right, you know? It's not, and I never thought of that until last fall, last mm. summer. Mm. So that brought up a lot, you know, it's like, oh my God. So I think that made me go in further. Well, it's, it's you know, I am a black woman mm -hmm. who was born of a black and white mom, and mm -hmm. mi mixed racial, mm -hmm. and I lived in a white world. Mm -hmm. I said I was white. Mm -hmm. I borrowed that side. Mm -hmm. I tried to disassociate, actually, with the other mm -hmm. side. Mm -hmm. And then when this whole movement came, you know, you started to, in your own healthy way, to kind of try to integrate it. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it just brought up all this fear. Mm -hmm. This oppression. Yeah. And it made me feel bad about myself, too, because, you know, for for trying to live like that. Mm. You know, mm. trying to live like I'm I'm only white, you know. I... Mm -hmm. But I didn't want the violence. Mm. I saw what happened to black people. I don't want that. So I'll mm. do anything. Mm. You know, so it's like, and I'm not proud of that. But I know from my mental health, my mental illness history, we do what we need to do to survive until it doesn't work for us anymore. So that type of living doesn't work for me anymore. And I, you know, I do, I am comfortable in my own skin the majority of the time. But... Thank you. We could probably go to 212 if, mm. yeah, 213. Yeah, yeah. And, but then when this, all this started happening and they started asking me questions and I I actually, I actually, a woman that I work with is white and her boyfriend is part black and white. And she asked him to come down to, to where we work. And, and she's like, I thought maybe you, you two could talk you know, because he was struggling. And it was the first time I had ever talked to a black man other than, hi, how you doing? Nice to see you. But we talked about this stuff that's going on and growing up in it. And it was, it still amazes me. That's the first time I've ever sat and talked with a black man, you know? It's, it's almost as if the whole process, and it was violent, but this whole Black Lives Matter, which is just unlocking the violence, mm -hmm of the oppression, you know, sort of in integrated a part of you. Mm -hmm. And then when you started to integrate it, it was, it, it, the shame came that, why, why, why am I at this age, at this time in my life, mm -hmm. finally acknowledging a part of me? Yeah. Yep. It, almost like I, I, I disassociated. And so now you're having conversations with a man who, struggles with being mixed mm -hmm. or a black man you know you're you're and you're talking about this and you can feel the shame mm -hmm. sort of rising inside you mm -hmm. like why why did i take a part of me and yeah 
stick it in the closet. I know why, mm-hmm. but but I still right. don't feel good about it. Exactly. And so that became a trigger mm-hmm. moment. That whole process is part of the story, you know, uh, yes. that that started to unravel inside yourself, mm-hmm. and you could feel it, and you're going, ooh, because one of the one of the things that must have been hard is to talk to people about <clears throat> just that whole process. Because mm-hmm. you had been telling everybody, I'm the whitest person in the room in some way. Yeah. Yeah. I did my best to make it look that way. It's almost like you had to disassociate yourself from self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least a part of yourself. Yep. Yep. I did. And I think that that just started coming up. Mm. It was more in my face since last summer. Since the violence. Yeah. And I'm glad. I mean, it's a good thing. Yeah. You know? But it's just, you know, it brought up stuff that doesn't make me feel great all the time, you know? Yeah, and it wasn't that either, was it? It was that, okay, that's, mm-hmm. all right, this is my growth. Mm-hmm. But there's something about don't share it. Yes. And that seemed to be the real mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Keep it. Keep it in your parts of you yeah. that are hermit-like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's the unhealthy part for you. I don't mean to judge it, but but there's right. That's the part that like Absolutely. I'll tolerate that until I'm right at the edge. Yes. Of hurting myself. Yeah. Or even taking my life. Yeah. What do you think that is? That that part of you that knows that you need to have, I mean, you just described it, you know, this interchange with this man mm-hmm. was very helpful. Mm-hmm. It was. And the interchange was very helpful. The the two friends that were sort of saying, how's your heart? Yeah. That was helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's another part of you that wants to be isolated and alone mm-hmm. and like a hermit-like and feels actually energized by that. Mm-hmm. But there's this duality. I need people. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let them know. What do you understand about that? That struggle? It's a struggle, especially when it comes to stuff that I haven't really talked about a lot. You know, like, I know intellectually now that the more I talk about something with somebody, anybody, you know, whatever, it doesn't own me as much. Mm. But that doesn't keep me from not doing it when it comes to sensitive things, you know? Right. So. It's a, and that's it, the struggle right there, it, isn't it? It is. Right? And, I know that. Right. right. My healing is dependent on mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. to another human being that's respectful mm-hmm. and there and present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the same time. Right. I don't want to. Exactly. When it's sensitive. Exactly. I guess I want to know, what do you understand about that struggle, that duality? Because that's very powerful, because the one that says, we're going to stay a hermit, we're going to stay by ourselves, we're going to keep ourselves, we're going to take care of ourselves, knows (laughs) that that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if it does it too much, 
with sensitive material that you're rolling around in your mind and mm-hmm. your heart, you're in trouble. Yes. I don't know. I think, I, I don't know. It's hard. Mm-hmm, it is. Do know now. Like, I've always felt like I've had good friends and everything. Mm. And, but surprisingly, you, it might surprise you that I never talked. And uh, But now I do know that the friends that I do have would much rather have me tell me tell them something than to act on something and you know so so I know that but it's still a struggle because there's that how important is it question can I do this myself yeah, and it goes back to can I do this myself mm-hmm. you know and the answer is always yes mm-hmm. until until it's not I can't yeah until I can't and when I till I can't is when the suicidal ideation mm-hmm. is beating the crap out of you. Yeah. And you can't sleep. You can't eat. Right. You can't take care of yourself. Exactly. And you, and you know even at that point, it's, I waited too long. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have the support system. I don't use it. No. Not enough. Right. Because I got to that point. Right. And people want to be there. You, mm-hmm. you, you, you're very appreciative. And they, they would love to listen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yes. And everybody has said they were so happy that, and it took so much courage for you to, do, to get help, and they mm-hmm. were so happy that I did this, and I'm doing this, and, you know, they, everybody's doing any little thing to help and support but I I do think about like what if I had talked in December mm. you know I mm. may not have gotten to that point of the suicide well, you know you actually know you that you wouldn't have no I wouldn't have you, you know exactly. it's a, yeah. you know yeah and and that what what that that struggle I mean you know it now yeah I do I do and there's something that says th- February is when I started to open up. Mm-hmm. And it's somewhere between December and February, I am wrestling with myself on the ground and the floor of my own apartment, mm-hmm. unable to tell people that I was triggered or partly triggered mm-hmm. by what happened to George Floyd yeah. and the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and the disconnection that I've had all of these years mm-hmm. from a part of myself. Yes. I don't want to tell anybody. No. And there's something about, I, I don't know if this is true, but there's something about that energy of telling another human being. Mm. And when we hold it, it creates depression. Mm. Yes. And when we give it away, we can feel the energetic health. Yeah. And that's what you've said today. Mm-hmm. If I could only give it away. I can only tell my story mm-hmm. in safe places. Right. And that when you grow up in places where you're trying to, right from the beginning to keep yourself away because you're fearful of the judgment and you learn to depend on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I learned that not talking... Mm-hmm is at the time anyway 
is what I have felt is it keeps me out of more trouble than if I talked. Because yeah. if I talk, if it, it, I, I can't be sure that I won't be judged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll most certainly say the wrong thing in the wrong way if I try to explain something. Also, I'm I'm a black woman, right? And if I bring if I bring the energy towards me by opening my voice, mm-hmm. if I bring, then I am in a place <clears throat> where it's likely I could be judged. Yeah, and then it starts to believe, and we go right. back to, I don't matter. Right. And the first thing that comes to mind is. Angry black woman. Yep. All black women are angry. So don't speak up. Don't. Because that's what they're going to think of you and see you as. For you, that created a mental illness. Depression. And with the virus and with the Black Lives Matter, and all of this turning up in your life, you were there again. Yep. And the one thing that you'd gain with all these people in your life was that it didn't change the speaking. Mm-hmm. You were thankful that they were there. Yeah. But you still oriented yourself towards, I'm going to be quiet. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's what I learned. Mm-hmm. That's what I practiced. Right. That's who I became. It's always my go-to. Yeah. Without notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That part of me will go mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the hermit, the keeping to myself, mm-hmm. to not share. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even though if I do, I will feel healthy. Yes. And one of the best things when I do share is for just, for the, you know, having the other person or persons just listen they don't try to change it they don't they just listen you know they might validate it they might say something like of course or you know absolutely you know i can see how you would feel that way but or they just listen and sometimes i even get asked now you know are you are you wanting us to you know give you feedback or do you want us to just listen you know and that's pretty cool. But that is the, that's huge when somebody will just listen to you and not try to make you stop crying or not try to, then when they make it more about them instead of you, and they want to fix it. And you've seen a lot of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You, I've seen a lot of people. I'm sure. Know, yeah. yeah. You've seen a lot of not listening, yes. turning it towards you, telling you their story instead mm-hmm. of listening to you. Mm-hmm. And, you. And you know the way out mm-hmm. is building community and community that listens well, that has this kind of sense of compassionate listening mm-hmm. and can listen deeply. I want to thank you for today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. I truly hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to Coffee by Design and their Rebel Fund for their support to help make this podcast possible. Thank you again for being here. Take care.